This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. For an entire generation, people have experienced Star Wars, the only way it's been possible, on the TV screen. But if you've only seen it this way, you haven't seen it at all. This is where the fun begins. Chewing. We're home. Hello there. We would be honored if you would join us. Welcome to the Blue Milk Cafe. Grab an empty stool at the counter, order a cup of Jawa juice and a nice slice of Yogan fruit pie, and get ready because we're about to talk all things Star Wars. Hello there, my Suspa, and welcome back into the cafe. This is episode 105. I am your host, Jeff, and on this weekend's episode, as you can tell by my opening there, I will be talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi. More specifically, my favorite moments from Obi-Wan throughout the Star Wars saga. But before I do that, I just want to give my quick book review here. And when I say book review, I mean my thoughts and opinions. Now, most of you know I have been trying to read the Ahsoka novel for the past two and a half years. I keep picking it up, restarting it, picking it up, and then restarting it. That's the problem. Every time I put it down and pick it back up, I have to literally go back and restart it because I forget what I've read, and it takes me a while when I do read it to comprehend what I've read. I have to read it a couple times, but that's, you know, a whole nother story. Uh, for- fortunately... I was able to get hooked up with the audiobooks thanks to our friend Anthony, a rural farm boy. Thank you very much, Anthony, for hooking me up with those audiobooks. And I just finished Ahsoka this past week, and I absolutely loved it. One of the main reasons is Ashley Eckstein, Ahsoka herself, reads the story to you. Nothing better than hearing Ahsoka tell her story. So this it it's, um, it's a really interesting story. You get to find out how she got her white lightsabers, where she got the crystals for those lightsabers, because we all know at the end of Clone Wars there, she leaves her lightsabers there at Rex's fake grave to be found. So it appears that she's dead as well. She gets more kyber crystals. And it's really cool because originally they had her going back to Ilum to get crystals, but she gets to Ilum and as she's flying over Ilum, she tells the, you know, she could tell that the Empire's there taking it over. So she just, you know, keeps going and she ends up getting the, her crystals, spoiler alert, for a very old, for, for an old book. She gets her crystals from an Inquisitor she defeated. So the crystals she gets were Sith crystals, but they were corrupted. They tell you how the Sith bleed their crystals to get the right color. She was able to you know, turn them back and they ended up being white. That was a really cool story. I mean, you get, you get someone hearing a little bit about young Leia 
and you know, of course Bill Organa and stuff like that. It was just a really cool story overall. So if you haven't read it and you would you've been wanting to read it, I highly recommend it. I give it four and a half out of five stars. Go check it out. You'll love it. I loved it. And I recommend the audiobook just because hey, Ashley Eckstein reads it. That's why I'm recommending the audiobook. Plus, I prefer listening rather than reading. So there you go. So having said that, let's just go over some of my favorite Obi-Wan Kenobi moments. See how long I can stretch this out for. Um, I am going to start with a moment that I really, really enjoy because I've always said it is nice to see that Obi-Wan Kenobi has friends outside the Jedi Temple. And when he goes to Dex's diner in Episode 2 Attack of the Clones, I just love that moment because when Obi-Wan walked in, you could generally tell that these two guys have known each other for a while. Yes, Obi-Wan specifically went there to get information from Dex, but I like to think that after Obi-Wan got his information about the Dart and Kamino and everything, that they sat there for a good two hours or so and caught up drinking some Jawa juice and just shooting, you know, shooting the crap. So that's, I really love that moment because like I said, I like knowing that Obi-Wan has friends that aren't Jedis. So that's one of my favorite moments. We have another moment like that. I'm going to try to go over my lighthearted moments before I go over all the, you know, cool fight scenes and stuff. Another lighthearted moment I really liked was in episode two as well. The moment when Anakin and Obi-Wan are riding up the elevator in the beginning and telling their stories back and forth. You can really start telling the relationship that they developed over the years between episode one and episode two. It was really sweet to see that. And then of course, I also like the whole Outlander Club. When they get to the Outlander Club and you know Obi-Wan's you know, preaching to Anakin again as they're walking in about lightsaber, losing a lightsaber, you know, jumping out of the freaking car like he did. But, you know, they walk in, they split up in the club and start going throughout the club looking for uh, Sam Wessel. And Obi-Wan goes to the bar. And of course, at the bar, we have the moment where he's offered death sticks. Now, a lot of, a lot of people like to make fun of this moment, but I really enjoyed this moment. I thought it was funny. I still laugh at it every time I see it because, in all, in all honesty, it is our equivalent today of a drug dealer coming up to you and offering you drugs. And how Obi-Wan handled that. Yes, he handled it the Jedi way, but he still handled it, and I really like that moment. Um, another lighthearted moment would be, let's go back to episode four, New Hope, when he first meets up with Luke. After Luke gets attacked by the Tusken Raiders, and he's left there, and the Tusken Raiders are ransacking his land speeder. Obi-Wan comes out of nowhere, and you hear his crate dragon call to scare them away. And yes, that crate dragon call has been modified over the years, over the different versions of the movie, but that change really doesn't even bother me either. So, but anyway, he comes up, you know, and just the conversation they have between each other with Luke saying, he claims he's the property of an Obi-Wan Kenobi. Is he a relative of yours? Because, of course, Luke only knows him as Ben. So, and then when he reveals to Luke that, oh, it's me. And the the line that everybody goes back to going, you don't remember having a droid? Well, here, here's all these moments in the prequels that you had a droid in your starship. Yes, I think Obi-Wan said that 
this is my head cannon. I think Obi-Wan said that because he knew he knows R2 knows him and Obi-Wan knows he knows R2. He's just keeping up the illusion right now in front of Luke until he gets, you know, talking to Luke more because he obviously when we see him in in his hut later, which is another one of my favorite moments, and he tells him the story about his father, he doesn't tell him the 100% honest to God truth. He gives him the watered down version and I'm going to give my my take on the certain point of view controversy. To me, Obi-Wan never lied. He never lied. He he told him the truth and he is right from a certain point of view because he said Darth Vader betrayed and murdered your father. That's the way Obi-Wan sees it. He sees the dark side being an entity that took over Anakin and killed Anakin the person and then Darth Vader took over. That's from a certain point of view. And I know Pete, some people joke when they say, well, Obi-Wan lied to him. They joke when they say that, but some people are really serious and say, no, he absolutely lied to him. No, he did not. Certain point of view means a certain point of view. Look up the definition in the dictionary, please. So that's, yes. It, do I think Obi-Wan was wrong? Not telling him? Maybe. Maybe Obi-Wan should have told him and avoided all this, but he still he he was still feeling he's protecting Luke until Luke was ready. He didn't think Luke was ready yet for the truth, and maybe he was right. And as we went on the movie, I think Obi-Wan was right because we see that Luke still wasn't mature enough to know the truth. Now, I don't even know if any of that just made sense. Listening that to that back in my head, I don't know if I made sense. But anyway, that's another moment I really enjoy. And now, the fight scenes that Obi-Wan's had throughout the saga. Duel of the Fates comes to my mind first, with Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan going up against Darth Maul. Always loved that fight. Didn't like the outcome. Did not like the outcome because... Qui-Gon Jinn was, is one of my favorite Jedi, and to see him go was very upsetting to me. So, didn't like the outcome, but the fight was awesome. And of course, when it first happened, didn't think Darth Maul was coming back. Dude got sliced in half. Who comes back from that? Well, only in Star Wars do you get metal sp spider legs and come back. So, didn't think that was going to happen, but Duel of the Fates, definitely a top Obi-Wan duel. Another one would be... Obi-Wan versus Darth Vader Part 2 on Mustafar. You thought I was going to say Death Star. Nope, on Mustafar. And I say it's Obi-Wan versus Darth Vader because the moment Anakin becomes Darth Vader is when uh, Chancellor Palpatine christens him Darth Vader in Palpatine's office. He does not become Darth Vader when he's put in the suit and he sits up and comes off the table. That's not, no. The suit does not make him Darth Vader. What made him Darth Vader was Chancellor Palpatine, a Sith Lord, knighting him basically a Darth Vader, knighting him Darth Vader. So that's when he became Darth Vader to me. So to me, he's Darth Vader from that moment on through the film. But that's neither here nor there. That's just an opinion of mine. If you don't like it, you don't have to like it, but that's my opinion. But that whole fight there in Mustafar was awesome. I love the chore the choreograph of the, the fight. I know a lot of people say the prequel fights were too choreographed, but that's what I like about a duel, is that kind of style. So really love that. And of course, you can't forget episode four, 
when Obi-Wan had his duel with Darth Vader again on the Death Star. A lot of people didn't like that one, but hey, I tell you what, go to YouTube and check out, I forget who did it, it's, it's a couple years old, it's uh, someone enhanced that fight scene on uh, the Death Star made a little bit cooler. Go check that out and maybe you'll appreciate that duel a little bit more. But that's one of my favorites. Um, when Obi-Wan met Jango Fett on Kamino, really liked, loved that interchange, exchange, I should say. And just them talking to each other, getting to know each other in Jango's room. You could really tell they were feeling each other out. Neither of them giving away anything in their facial expressions. And I believe they call that a poker face, which I don't know too much about because I don't know how to play poker, never played poker. So that term just like loses it on me. But I was told before when I heard someone explaining that that scene, they really enjoyed uh, their poker faces. And I'm like, hey, but anyway, really enjoyed that scene. And the scene where he gets to Kamino and has the meeting with, I believe, Lama Su and all the little comedic bits in that, you know, so that's why I'm here. And um, that's good news, all those lines and little funny bits there, learning about, um, you know, Tyrannus and the, the creation of the clone army was really cool. And then, of course, I really also like when he got captured in episode two and he's having his little talk with uh, Count Dooku. And Obi-Wan, if you just opened your mind and listened to what Dooku was telling you, he told you the exact truth. He told you what was going on. He told you what was going down. And you were blind, maybe even a little arrogant, to see that he was telling the truth. You could probably even sense that he was telling the truth and you chose to ignore it because Count Dooku, ooh, he's a bad guy now, he's a Sith. He doesn't tell the truth. Well. In my experience in Star Wars so far, Sith don't exactly lie. So, Dooku was telling the truth. I really enjoyed that moment. And I know there's a bunch of other moments I'm probably forgetting here, but I just, they're not coming, popping into my head as I'm talking here because I don't know if I've ever told anyone why I do not take show notes when I record my episodes. I don't write down show notes because I if I was reading off of a page, you would absolutely know it because um, I, I'm a terrible reader when I read out loud. I, it's all broken up. I don't punctuate right. Um, so that's why I don't read off of a show notes because you would absolutely be able to tell that I'm reading off of show notes. So I don't do that. So. You do not want me hiring me to read uh, a book for an audiobook because, oh my God, will people turn it off after 10 seconds? So um, that's why I don't use show notes. That's why I can't think of any more that are coming to the top of my head. So I know I'm leaving some off, but if you out there have any favorite Obi-Wan Kenobi moments you'd like to share, I do have that link in the show notes where you can call and leave a voicemail and I'll play it on a future show. If I can, I'm still recording on my phone, so editing is really hard still, but you can do it that way. You can go to Twitter at that BMC pod and let me know there. Just let me know some of your favorite Obi-Wan Kenobi moments and what have you. And if you're itching for more Star Wars content or just geek culture, pop culture kind of content, 
go over to the Red 5 Network and check out their library of shows. We have a bunch of shows over there that we have something for everyone. So go over to the Red5Network.com and check them out. And as always, until next time, till the spires. Give the evacuation code signal. Thank you for stopping by the cafe. Life is all about passions. Thank you for lending me your ear while I shared all of mine. You can follow the Blue Milk Cafe on Twitter at that BMC Pod. You can follow the Facebook group, the BMC Pod. You can also email the Blue Milk Cafe, that BMC Pod at gmail.com. And remember, Blue Milk, it does a body good. Anyway. Greetings, listener. Just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the Red 5 Network family. Red5Network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love. So the next time you're itching for quality content, make sure you head over to Red5Network.com. You'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more. All wings report in. It's the Red 5 Network. Red 5 Network.